welcome to Everything Went Black podcast. Before we get started here with Paul Delaney of Black Anvil, I got to uh, mention our affiliates here. Datsusara, the maker of fine hemp equipment. If you train uh, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, any of that sort of stuff, and you want to get a killer bag, go to their website and pick up any one of their uh, aptly sized bags. If you want to buy a all hemp gi, go ahead, go to the, go to the site, use my portal, purchase a gi. On it Labs, if you're into uh, human potential maximization, go to that site through my portal. And purchase any number of items that you can help get yourself yoked, like uh, you know, some kettlebells, battle ropes, a weighted vest, maces, uh, fucking hammers. <laughs> if, you are, if you want to, uh, you know, get some uh, organic cashew butter or supplements or any of that kind of stuff, you can you can hit hit them up through uh, through my portal, and uh, that's a, a really nice way of helping uh, support the site. It doesn't cost you any money, but I get a little kickback every time you go through the portal and make a purchase. And last but not least, there's Clothing Arts Pants. They make uh, those sharp uh, BDU pants that I wear. They're Teflon coated. If you go to their website and you type in EWB20, you get a nice little discount on any purchase of their shorts, pants, shirts, t-shirts, any of that sort of stuff. So, um, So there you go. Hope everyone's enjoying their holiday season. And if you ever want to buy supplements or maces or kettlebells or anything like that for one of your significant others, please use my portal. <laughs> and also, um, one last thing before we kick things off here. Uh, if you guys enjoy the podcast or if you don't, uh, please leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, you know, be creative. Use a lot of adjectives. You can, uh, you know, even if it's a negative review, please leave something. It sort of helps the ranking of the podcast on iTunes. So anyway, I'm here with Paul Delaney, who has just finished uh, wrapping up um, the new Black Anvil record, which I've had the opportunity to listen to, and it's uh, it's different and it's great, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Which I know, which you've expressed to me, but we haven't had this. We haven't had a real face to face on it. You know, we're just texting and whatnot. And uh, I mean, I, I knew I was going to like it because I like all your other music, but um, definitely uh, there's a lot more of a it's it's like focused, but at the same time draws from a lot of other things. I think you know, and also the production, in my opinion, sounds great too. So where do, where do you guys record at this time around? We recorded at Magpie Cage Studios in Baltimore, Maryland, with Jay Robbins. Recorded and mixed with him in two weeks. The mi- the whole thing was done in two the weeks. The whole thing, two weeks. Mixing stretched out a little bit, but yeah, we nailed the whole thing in two weeks. There's also that Kiss cover on there, <laughs> yeah. which uh, is. Is uh, it's pretty pretty insane, man. It's an obscure one, and we almost weren't going to do it. And last minute, like, it just sort of like happened. So what, what's the song? Uh, Under the rose. And that now that's not on like uh, a record that most most Kiss fans would actually reach for. I don't think any Kiss fans reach for it. <laughs> it's like four people that probably own all over like Kiss Destroyer button downs. <laughs> like the Psycho fans probably love that record. I just like it because I got it in. 89, I probably told you this, but in 89, I went with my mom to Japan on business. She used to like collect and trade toys. They brought me, and uh, I saw that record there, and I'm like, oh, this is the record I can't get anywhere, because it wasn't print in, in print here, because it fucking sucked. So I got it. I got the cassette, 
and it was cool. It had like the slip case. I'd never seen like a cool case over a tape before. And uh, I just loved it because it was a record that I didn't have. And I actually sincerely liked it. I still like it, which is a, a good, you know, a good sign. It stood the test of time. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting record. It's yeah. got some clunkers for sure. This is uh, Music for the Elder. Yeah. Which is, uh, was supposed to, wasn't that supposed to be like a soundtrack for a film? It was like some weird hypothetical movie idea that Gene had or something. He had this like, I, fuck it, the Wikipedia page is interesting. Yeah. Scope it out. But yeah, it was like a, a fake soundtrack or... Uh, and the song is, uh, what's the name of it? What's the song? Uh, is it? Under the Rose. Under the Rose. Yeah. It's an obscure, heavy one. But we thought, like, there, there's always something that comes on that we're like, we should cover this. And the list of cover of we should covers is, forget it. it I think every, every band has, like, a, a book of songs that, that they're never going to cover. Never gonna cover you know? <laughs> but it would be hard as shit if you covered. Yeah. So we, we were thinking that that came on in the car. And Rafe was like, we should cover this. And I almost drove us off into a fucking tree. I was like, all right, done. We're doing it. Like, what, what am I ever going to have an opportunity to do a Kiss cover? Shout it out loud. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing. That's the perfect song. There's a couple heavy songs on that record. The Oath is a brutally heavy song. But that one, I, we, you know, we've, cover, we've done covers before. And, like, we'll tune accordingly to make them sound the right yeah, way. Exactly. And, uh, this one, I, I, I thought, I'm like, we could not reinvent it, but we could do this our way. It's a heavy song. We could make it heavy. Uh, it was a challenge because I've known this song for a, many years, tuned to E. So when we tuned down to C sharp, trying to sing it was a bit of a challenge. Me and Rafe were just, because he did some like low, deep vocals on it, we were just like, damn it, man. Like we didn't practice it, we didn't de like we demoed it like I three heard days, the demo. three days before yeah. we left or something like that, and it was cool and it was real hard. Like it was just a challenge to do, which was sort of cool. I like the way it came out in the end. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be released, maybe like a deluxe edition or something. Oh, so that's not going to be on the actual record. Yeah, it's going to be some like a like the you know, I iTunes. Oh, I was hoping maybe they'd want to do a single with that as a B side on iTunes, but we haven't even got to that stage of discussions yet. What's so, the name? Of, what's the title of the album? Hail Death. Did I send you the artwork yet? You've shown me the artwork, but not like, like you know, the, the gatefold thing. No, I show, ooh, I'll show you that while we discuss. Yeah, man. And it's uh, the same artist doing the album cover yep. artwork and everything. Same layout. Valnor of uh, Metastasis. It's uh, this is the unfolded gatefold. What I'm looking at here is uh, is this is actually. Is this like a proof of what the artwork's going to look like? Yeah. That's uh, what in the business we refer to as a proof. <laughs> it just went around, It just approved proofing at the uh, at the label. <laughs> and it's pretty amazing, man. It's got... Is there going to be any metallic coloring on this thing? That's what it kind of looks like. There might be it's metallic. It, we, wanted, uh, we wanted it foil stamped, but it wasn't in the budget. Yeah, I hear you. There's a lot of things that weren't in the budget. There's a lot of like very, uh, very evil... Looking imagery here, a serpent, and uh, and I, I thought not having the name on the cover would. I thought there, there were many strikes with this. The back cover is pretty uh, is jarring. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> to say the least. And, and so the logo is not going to be on the front cover. Yeah, that's pretty hard. I like that. I don't think it needs it. Put no. a sticker on it. It's our record. Yeah. Uh, and 
Yeah, we Jason from No More Black did a uh, was with us in the studio for almost the whole time for I think ten days, eleven, and we were there for thirteen, and uh, or fourteen actually, and he filmed a boatload and I want to have Valnor be a part of that like a part of the in the studio like this is all his idea all his working so when it comes to, I know there's going to be a lot of questions of like the artwork I could explain what it means to me but like I I haven't yet got fully gotten from him where he came up with this especially the back cover idea which he was toying with a lot and I was like ah for the front cover I'm like I don't want to go this direction because that's going to be the main focus. and Yeah, that's the first thing people see. I don't want to, every question to be like, your artwork, your artwork. Like, what about the, did you listen to the record? Yeah. So, I'm glad it made the cut because it's, it is a powerful thing, I think. Definitely, man. Uh, but that's the thing, man. The music stands up too, you know? It's like, I mean, when you, you gave me those, uh, those tracks to listen to you, man, you know, I was like, oh, cool, let's check this out. You, know? you have the finished. Version. I have the whole, yeah, I got the finished jam and it's like, Probably the day you gave it to me, I probably listened to you about three or four times, all the way through. And that's, to me, that's, A, like, your opinion means the world, because you're my friend, Thank and you. I respect you on top of being a friend, like, Thank I respect you. you and I love your band. So it's just cool, cool, to, it's good to hear. I, my, I, you know, I always think, I'm like, it's a long record. I wonder, I don't give a fuck, really, what anyone thinks, because I love it, but who has time for a 70-minute record anymore, you know, like... Even the label, when it when it when it comes to choosing the the first song to release, they went, they suggested automatically just from listening in my car, like ah, I should be this song. It's the quick one, but it's also the one that sort of just fits in the record where it fits. Could have been on the last record. It's not what I want the the representation of this record as a whole to be, and I'm sure they'll be totally cool with it because they've been cool with everything so far, uh, but. There's, yeah, it's just long and it sort of is demanding of the listener. That's good, you know. I like long records. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate something that you you need to like spend a lot of time with, pay attention to, and you know, you kind of like. I spend a lot of time by myself, so you know, it's it's, yeah, it's I did here too. by my alone, you know, a lot of times. So having a nice long re record to absorb is is always a good thing, in my opinion, you know. Yeah, all the records I grew up on. Metallica records. Merciful yeah, Fate records. All, man. You yeah, know, it's a long-ass record, you know. And that that was a, you know, writing-wise, like, all, all those bands were an influence. Like, we wanted to write... We didn't want to rip anything off. Or it has to... There wasn't a set, it has to sound like this, it has to be like this. But I just wanted our third record to be a little less... A little more than just, you know, we could write... We could crank out the same record again, or we could like really take our time and make a heavy metal record. Yeah. And I thought like, why not go big? Like the 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 riffs that were that we were creating were just too big to be verse chorus verse chorus weird part end. Like I, I just felt they needed. I I didn't feel anything was complete until you know. Then I looked down. And I'm like, oh man, we're at nine minutes already. How the fuck did that happen? Like it wasn't like a conscious effort to be like, no no no, it's got to be this long. It's crazy how that happens. You know, but by the time yeah. like when you feel like it's complete and you you finally like look at your computer screen, you're like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Usually the guy in, in our in our camp, Andrew's the guy who you know times everything out. Like once we write some songs, 
And there's, you know, a couple times we're like, oh, this is a short one. It's like two and a half minutes. He's like, no, it's six minutes long. And I'm like, oh, shit. That means that you did something. That means that it flows. That's to me, at least. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anyone else is going to fucking like it, but to me, I enjoy playing it. You know? But see, like, we have a 12-minute song, too. The last one is 12 minutes. The first one is nine. See, yeah, nothing, it's interesting you say that because when I listen to it, nothing seems, like, long. Nothing seems, like, long-winded, I guess. Then I've succeeded. So, yeah. There's also a lot of really cool, like... Um, you know, clean guitar, uh, you know, Rafe is featured on that record with his amazing vocals, I think, you know. That's... You wanted that. No, that's me. That's you? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on a All the clean vocals really? me. He's the low voice. Okay. I'm, I'm the high. I thought, oh, see, I thought it was flipped, man. No, yeah, that's, that's me. Dude, great job. Thank you. Excellent. He, he, he sings the, that Merciful Fate cover. All right, that's, that's why I thought... That he was singing the higher voice. No, that's all me. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the status of that fate cover? I wanted it to be a decibel flexi. It got rejected. Who the fuck? Who? Fucking Albert, man. <laughs> it got rejected. Uh, and I, I, my, my whole thinking was there's going to be a fucking. There's going to be an issue with King Diamond this year. That would be great to have that flexi with the King Diamond issue. And it just came out, and is I forget what seven inch, like Toxic Holocaust or something. No disrespect, but yeah, that would have been cool. It would have been great, man. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it was too long. Or fucking make it a fucking ten inch. Fold that motherfucker out. I don't know. Fucking do something. We would kill that fucking cover. Yeah, dude. Wow. So it's in limbo. Yeah, because we'll, we did it. Wait, did we? No, we didn't do a cover. Sorry. I thought we did that David <laughs> yeah. Bowie cover, but that was something else that came out on like a website. There's gonna be a video for that song. Well, really? Yes. My um, my friend Jacqueline, uh, she works with this supermodel called Re Rasmussen, who's a uh, she's like a, birth um, name. That's she, well, she's like uh, she's, she's Danish. So and she you know she films she works a lot for these like fashion magazines. So she's uh they they're working together to do a video for that Bowie song. That's cool. So it should be cool. You know, I hope it is. You know, yeah, it's just something to keep put out there you know like before our record comes out in the, in the spring just some kind of thing that's what I out. figured we'll eventually just it'll be something yeah even if it's just digital or whatever at this point final doesn't matter I wanted to have a, a 12 inch vinyl with 7 inch worth of music in the shape of this yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> cross, like, but let's not get crazy yeah I wonder if 7 inches even sell anymore man if anyone buys those anymore I don't I haven't bought a 7-inch in a really long time. A lot of the bands I like don't put out 7-inches. But I do have, like... Well, I got I got the Watain 7-inch. I like them. So. I have the I have the, the iTunes download of that song. I don't have the 7-inch. I just think I just slept on getting it because that was super rare, I think, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And that was a gift, so I can't even take credit that I went yeah. out and bought that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess if I'm at a show and someone has a 7-inch for sale, then I'll definitely buy it. But um, I got to be honest with you, like my record store shopping days have been diminishing uh, diminishing because there's really aren't there many places like there's just in the neighborhood I live in. There's there's two record stores, which um, are, are nice little shops. That other one moved over to Oak Street or something, right? The one from Bet from North 6th Street. I forget what that one was called. Which one's Academy? Is that the one? That was the one on North 6th. Yeah, that's over here on Oak and Franklin now. Really? Yeah. Or it will be. Huh. I see Academy is like a overpriced you know but like 
they had a lot of good stuff there. You know, they had a variety of different things. They had like really, you know, they had metal section, punk section, and then like, you know, hipster music or whatever. You know, if you want to buy like music created by a dude with like low testosterone and like a wispy mustache or something like that, <laughs> you know, really bad cardio, then that's the place you go, you know, Williamsburg and Greenpoint now too, for that matter. But, um, and there's one right on Metropolitan by Han- by Hanna, whatever the... Actually, uh, the Metropolitan one right up the street here, that place is pretty good. Was it Norman's or something? Like Groucho's or Grou- Grumpy's. Oh, thing. I've never been there. Oh, no, I'm, there's one on Metropolitan and Union, between Union and Lorimer. It's one that used to be in the city. It moved to... Oh, I didn't even know about that. I bought the Metallica live huh. record fucking movie soundtrack thing because the box looked hard. Dude, mm. I was doing laundry and I was just like... Well, fuck, this place is open at 10 o'clock. I'm buying a record. There's one over here on Manhattan. which I, I know, the, the record Grinch or some shit. <laughs> the record Grinch, whatever it's called. The guy's cool that runs that place, and I'm like making fun of him right now, and I feel bad about it. But but uh, I went in there twice, actually, and they got they got a lot of good records in there. They also have that, um, that Hellhammer Celtic Frost hardcover. Oh, cool. So that's a good sign. Yeah, they have that. They got, um, you know... Uh, that's the Slayer, you know, the the Zine collection. Oh, the big. The bit that so you, that that's a good like you're saying it's a good sign. So that place is pretty legit. But um, you I know, feel bad always going into a record store if I know I'm not in the mood to like particular. Like I don't want to just look. If I'm in the mood to spend a couple bucks, I'll go in and hang yeah. out. Yeah. I went in there, sort of on a whim, and I ended up spending like seventy bucks in there because it was like that book was like fifty. You know. I think I have a picture of that box set. But that's what happens. You fucking, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get something. It's like Dude. a three-disc box set. The movie's hard as shit. I, I don't care what it. anyone says. It's Get the Blu-ray, get the 3D Blu-ray and watch that shit in 3D over there. You'll lose your fucking mind. It's Jesus. hard. I mean, the, the in-betweens, the storyline is a little... So this is the fictional, like, the, the film. It's like, a, it's concert footage with, like, a storyline that intertwines. Really? It's not terribly... You've seen this? Twice. Where is it? Was it in the theater? Yeah, IMAX 3D. I took oh, my wow. mom on her birthday. Damn. Yeah, it was hard, man. It was really huh. good. Uh, the, the live footage is fantastic. The, the storyline, I could do without, but the fact that it was there it didn't bum me out. It is was it, just... Is the storyline like a kiss and the fan of the opera? <laughs> like, whatever. It's like, one of those, like... You remember that the Kiss movie from like the seventies or whatever? Kiss meets a fan of the park. I could almost <laughs> recite the whole fucking movie. Uh, no, it was just like the a roadie has to go out and pick something up, and like his journey is all chaotic and crazy while they're playing. Uh, could have been a lot worse. It was visually cool, so that made up for the fact that like I just when there was weird scenes going on, I'm like, all right, man, this is a good song. Get back to the fucking song, yeah. but uh. The live footage is hard as hell. That's the thing with Metallica, man. And Headfield's hard. He's got like a Satan patch, a fist patch on his vest <laughs> that you see in this fucking... Yeah, he keeps it real, man. I'm glad. That, that's the thing about Metallica, man. It's like no matter... I mean, I... You know, I don't, I don't share your opinion about their later material, unfortunately, but like... <laughs> and I'm totally cool with that. And, and I, But you can't fuck with James Hetfield as a, a rhythm guitar player and just a guy... He should just, be on the cover of Guitar World every month. Yeah, I mean... You know, he's like one of the, you know Metallica when you hear, even the bad songs, which I'm going to say they're bad songs, but all right, let's not even talk about them. Let's talk about like the, those first few records up to Injustice for All. Like, you know it's not Testament, you know it's not Slayer, 
you know it's not Anthrax, you know it's Metallica. And it's that's because of James Hetfield. Yeah. You know, and his rhythm playing... And singing at the same time. And singing at the same time is pretty fucking insane. Slayer is still my favorite band out of all those. And they're another band. Like, you know it's Slayer. You you will never mistake them for any other band, you know? And the same can't be really said, you know, for, like, Violence or, you know, like, Forbidden or any of those other bands. Testament or Overkill or... Yeah, Overkill. They're, 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 I love all those bands, but they're, they're a little, you know, and even, by the numbers. And even with the later Metallica stuff, like if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't be what they are now, which is like a, a beast. They played Antarctica. Damn. Two days ago or something like that. They played... Antarctica. So it was like a Coke Zero South America contest, South America, Mexico. They played in this glass dome, and you could only hear it with headphones. <laughs> Dude, this so is you're some, in his like, dome with Metallica. This is some fucking Metal Aquabook shit, man. <laughs> this is up. definitely some, like, death clock, like, fucking, you know, <laughs> North Pole. And I just saw them at the Apollo, too. They would hit the lights in the Apollo. It was wow. hard, man. Damn. At the Apollo? Yeah. It was, uh, I think they got their serious fucking station back or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. There's, like, a satellite radio Yeah, thing. the mandatory Metallica. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't have fucking satellite radio. Huh. I just wanted to see them in a small place, and it was crushing it's great man they still got it I, I actually it. I didn't like the Black Album when it came out I was just Neither like ah, I. I get it like it's corny a little bit it's got it's moments Black Album when Load came out I was like Pfft. Reload whatever this kid Adam that uh, when I joined Kill Your Idols so this has to be 98 97 I guess Reload had already been out two years or something like that he was like you should listen to these records I'm like get the fuck out of here dude I wasn't driving then, like, because I'm a city dirtbag, so I would take the train out. He would pick me up. I'd hang out with him. We'd go to, like, rehearse. When I first joined a band, he lent me the load and reload on cassette. I think reload first. He was just like, listen to it, man. Just just erase everything and just listen to it. And I did, and I'm like, it's it's not terrible. Like, I, I sort of didn't hate it. And I was working in a warehouse at the time and hearing all the radio hits on K-Rock all the time sort of just, it wasn't. It was different. Yeah, definitely. And I just sort of accepted it and rolled with it. And it, I like those records. Between the three of those records, I feel like there's a good record's worth of songs. Like if I was going to make a playlist between those three records, we'd have one good solid record. Yeah, maybe the production might be a little weird. It's definitely not a Metallica production. No. The Load and Reload, the guitar sounds aren't Hetfield. They're real... Yeah, the guitar sounds a little thin and like the drums and all that stuff, you know... It's but like, I like I yeah. like some of it. I like I don't hate Saint Anger for what it is. It's my least favorite record. I don't hate it for what it is. There's some heavy shit. I get it. It didn't come across as maybe what they wanted, but fuck it, man. I, I listen to shit that sounds like crap anyway, and it still sounds better than some shit on my iPod. Yeah. It's fucking you know I stick them by him because I love them, and I, I try to like a lot about that record. There's some hard elements, and there's some like all right, we don't need seven minutes of the same shit if it's going nowhere. But the newest one I really like a lot. I think it was a good return to form without them just trying to write a throwback. Like, there's enough element of new, which I felt was important. That, that's the thing that gets me is, like, when bands do this, like, you know, return to their uh, roots type of vibe. It's a little uncomfortable when that happens. And then they go out and tour, and they pretend it's, like, 1985. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know they're, it's just not the same, you know? So it's, it's, it's admirable that they, you know... It was like sort of modern. I kept it modern, but still like kind of threw down a little bit. Yeah. You know? Do you like that record or not even? No, I, I, that's that's out of the newer ones. I think that one's that one's like something. I wouldn't say I, I don't like it. You know, 
I just kind of like neutral, I guess. Yeah. But that's good compared to how I feel about some of the other records that came out during the 90s and stuff, you know. But it's not, I, have to, I should listen to it again and give it more, more I think you dig it. I don't, I don't dislike it. Let's let, that's, I'm going to go on if, record and if say If you're here with it, it, I think if you listen to it tomorrow or tonight, you'd maybe go... Okay. It would bump up to here a little more. I'll buy that. And you'd be headbanging. All right. You wouldn't love it. It wouldn't... But I, I could tell you'd sort of be like, all right. Yeah, like grow on you a little bit. It's yeah. fucking head. It's got some good moments, man. The Speaking new Sabbath, I, I, I think, sucks. If the, you want to, the, the Sabbath record. Wanna take it there. I, well, I was it. so excited when that came out that I was like, it didn't matter if it was good or not. I was like, yeah, the fucking new Sabbath album's out, and uh, it just it didn't hold up, man. You know, I saw them over the summer. I tell you, it what was good, man. right, dude? They didn't fuck around, man. They <laughs> Drummer's like, a gorilla. Yeah, I back. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But so. he's who is that guy? He's, I think he's Ozzy Drummer. Okay, if I'm correct. Yeah, there's some guy with a beard. And he looks like Bill Ward tele-fucking-ported back. Like, looks like they snatched him up from, like, he, fucking 74. He was hitting hard, man. And, uh, I, I you know, I, remember, I saw him in Jersey at the PNC Arts Center down there. And um, I was, like, on the way down. I'm like, man, I hope this doesn't suck, you know. And uh, it can In a go. live setting, you don't, you lose a lot of that suckiness. Like, when I hear Metallica board mixes back at shows that I was at, I'm like, Fuck! What is this? What are they doing? I just wanted to not be embarrassed for Ozzy. Like I didn't want him to embarrass himself. And he had you know? a good and night. That could happen. Very There's recently. a couple of videos where he walks away from the teleprompter for a second and he fucks up War Pigs, and it's like, dude. Okay. I didn't see any of that, so I'm happy. He had a good night. He sounded good. They looked cool on stage. And Iommi and Geese throw down, man. Dude. Even heaven. Do you like the Heaven and Hell record? Oh, dude. I, I, that I, record is fantastic. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, love. I love Dio. Like, Dio's one of my favorite rock singers, that, man. The Devil You Know, that record is yeah, fucking great. I, I stand by, like, Heaven and Hell 100%, man. But I feel like Rick Rubin has a hand. Like, he's always bring, like reinventing and bringing bands to a, a level where they should do this, they should do that. It's like, with Sabbath, or with Iomi, you don't need him to go no. digging in, in the crates for old riffs. Like, nah, let him man. go. He's a beast. Yeah, yeah. He, he does, did not have a shortage of good guitar riffs, man. And, like, and I feel like some of this new one's a little, ah, yeah. The, the lyrics There's nothing aren't. memorable about it. You know what I mean? And, and and I was really excited when it came out, and I was like, oh, you know, there's a song called Loner, and I'm like, oh, this is my fucking jam. And that song stinks. And that's like the worst yeah. song out. But I remember being excited. I'm like, fuck yeah! I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm listening to the Loner tonight. You know, I'm like hanging out. Before I leave, we're gonna find the part where he fucks that song up in Brisbane. Oh God. He literally, <laughs> like he hums the part because he walks right from the teleprompter. It's great though, because I know the exact spot on the clip, so <laughs> it'll be effortless. That um, that show though, man, like it felt like it was like 1975, man. Like they were just pounding, and they were just. It was outside, you know. It was just like everything I wanted. The, the setlist soul looked good too, dude. Dude, the setlist was insane, man. Into the void, they played fucking, you know, Children of the Grave, like all that shit, man. You know, NIB. That's like one of my favorite songs, man. That first Sabbath album, I remember being like a young kid. Untouchable. The cover is Dude, fucked up. Yeah, it's like it's so creepy, man. Like some like weird like witch in like a house and like, you know. I did something for, were you on that too? I don't know. There was some website that like, I was like an email I got from the label, like the hardest record cover, like coolest metal record covers of all time. And I, I instantly replied, I was like, First Sabbath record is the hardest fucking record. I didn't even I didn't even write much. I was like, "Yo, this is the hardest record cover." 
Everyone else was like picking all this other bullshit with these long ass winded cannibal corpse stories. I like cannibal corpse. Don't get me wrong, but like all these fucking like fuck off. That record covers hard, yeah. and I I win. Everything <laughs> about Sabbath in those early days was terrifying. Like because when I was like a young, I want to say like you were on that list too, and and chose that record cover. Really, <laughs> I, I sounds familiar because I, I I have put something together for it's that like a, record a year oh. ago there was something like I think if it was it was longer than that because I vaguely remember it that's funny that we picked the same I want to say like you were asked the same question it was a list like a list of a bunch of different band dudes it was two parts had to be like, okay I'm almost positive you were look through my files and figure yeah. this out go hit the Facebook page and go back <laughs> a little bit yeah, but that I remember this uh, this kid that lived down the street from my grandmother. Like there was, I got an introduction to Sabbath with two two records. Number one was the, the Heaven and Hell Black Sabbath album, and I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, this is excellent, you know, great. Then there was a kid down the street from my my grandmother, and he was like a year older than me or two years older than me, and he had his his sister was dating some guy, and they were you know they were old. He was older, you know, he was like probably twenty at the time when I was like thirteen, and. I, you know, Make a long story short, this guy wasn't living at his his house. He was living with them. With them, <laughs> and he had, he had like his like record collection there. And he was the guy was like, all right, look, you know, all right, yeah, heaven and hell's good, but then you got to check this shit out. And he he had a massive stereo system. And it's no comparison. There is no comparison. It's night and day, man. And it, I love Dio more than some relatives. Yeah, but it's a haunting. Haunting the song Black Sabbath. It's the hardest song. I was like, fucking ever. Like I didn't even know how. It's the same way I felt about Black Flag too. Because like when I first heard that Sabbath, I'm like, I don't know if I like this or not. Like I don't know if this is good. I don't. I didn't really know how to comprehend what was going on because I was like, this is so evil and unsettling. See, that's to me. that's funny. I, I felt that way. The first first uh, Black Flag record I ever heard was Damaged because yeah. my mom had the LP. Wow. And. Dead Kennedys and God We Trust on cassette. And I was listening to her Van Halen records. Yeah. Like, she loved Yes. She also loved, like, like yes. at that point, like, Elvis Costello and yeah. Todd Rundgren and Pretenders. She liked a lot of shit she like that. She a lot of different stuff, your mother. But she cool. had her, like, Zeppelin records. Yeah. Cream was another band. Of course, I started playing bass, so I learned three Cream songs first. Fuck it. When I, when I started taking lessons, yeah, it was man. just like, cool. Sunshine of Your Love, Badge, White Room. Done. See ya. Great songs. Uh but the the Sabbath records were, were ones that I was just like, whoa. There was a couple of Frank Zappa. I put all this crazy shit on and just listened to it. But when I put on Black Flag or Dead Kennedys, I didn't understand. Like, the production was completely yeah. shit compared to all these other records. Yeah, and at that age, you didn't really understand. Like The cover know. was cool. I didn't yep. know what was going on. Like, Jello Biafra's voice was crazy. I loved it, but I didn't really know, like, how to accept it exactly but yeah. I just liked it because it was like the different thing and same with like the cramps she liked the cramps and I used to like listen to that the good bad music for bad, whatever the fuck bad the guy who looks like Rafe on the cover yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and which that didn't stand the test of time with me the cramps but they, it was just the, those records it, it took a while like I would occasionally put them on because I thought they were cool but I didn't really like it took a while yeah yeah definitely but I'm glad that they were there so early it took me like, like I literally was unsettled by the, that my experience with Black Sabbath that first day. It was like watching like fucking Halloween or something like that. You know fucked, what I mean? When you see him it by the me. by the clothesline scene and you're like, yeah, 
It was like that kind of shit where it's like it fucked with me, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this stuff. It was like I don't know if I want to go back down there again and listen to that music. You know, <laughs> that music. I, you scared? You shook. But I tell you, by the end of the summer, man, I fucking borrowed that record and I made a ninety-minute cassette of "We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll." The gatefold of that was yep. another thing. I, I have, remember, I have been like, Ooh, like, I have that gatefold. That's a fucked right up, up there. thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's I'm seeing him Black Sabbath. You know, in, in this year, 2013, like, it could have gone a lot of different ways, but it definitely went a good the right way. way. I even just went and saw Slayer and felt the same way. See, I wanted to go to that, but I was out, I think I was out of town. My they parents, murdered. Really, I heard they were good. It was good. Yeah. And Holt was sloppy. Ooh, and he's sloppy? Like, yeah, surprisingly, because wow. that guy's... Yeah, that guy's a machine. Even hearing him play Hanneman leads, I'm just like, ah, oh, he's too good for this shit. But uh, it was a weird, loose night. But overall, they killed yeah. They they sounded unbelievable. It was good, man. I'm glad I went. Like Sabbath, I, I want to go see him at Barclays. They're playing in Brooklyn oh, again? again. Yeah. Oh, dude. Tickets are like yeah, two hundred bucks. And and now with all the StubHub bullshit, it's like the yeah. Well, wherever you can go, I'll try. I'll probably. There's no way I'm gonna be sitting home while that happens. I gotta go. Yeah. Like just on principle, even if I if I want to hate it and talk shit about it. I don't think you're going to hate it, though. I think you're going to like it. It'll be heavy. Dude, Van Halen murdered. That's the show I wish I'd gone to. I mean, we had that whole episode of listening <laughs> to the record in L.A. when you filled, when you were playing with yeah. us that sign Oh, my thing. God. That record's fucking so good. Yeah. It is good, dude. And for the first time ever, you have killer bass playing on it. Yep. You know, Wolfgang throws down on that album. Big time. And he does it live, too, which was totally cool to see because they played half of that record. Nice. So I can't diss no more. I didn't even think about Michael Anthony until two days later I texted Gary. I was like, yo, <laughs> I didn't even Michael think Anthony, about that motherfucker. Luckiest Sucks. motherfucker in rock music, yep. man. Like, he fucking, like, he does He's not, not a good-looking guy. He must have had the PA or something, or he had, like, a station wagon yeah, or something. Yeah, good voice. That's the one. But that was, you know, he does have a good voice. They could have they could have got, gotten along fine without his, his backup vocals, yeah. though. Because Eddie's got a good voice, too. Yeah. And, like, he could, you know, with those, like, bass lines, you know, like, it's like... And the fucking kid could play bass? Good. Start fucking singing, too. <laughs> he grew up with that shit. He's Wouldn't a that be funny if he could pull off those, like, high background vocals, like, just note for note? Yeah. Oh. What, how, how come Michael Anthony's not doing the band anymore? Like, what, how come he didn't... Some weird beef with the... With, with the brothers there's always different sides and then you yeah. see I'll always read like a Sammy Hagar interview and he's oh, hate hating fuck Sammy Hagar dude <laughs> fucking hammy Sega. yeah he's always hating and pissed off and it's just like alright chicken foot I'm like take it easy Van Halen record's good I saw them at Monsters of Rock with Sammy I'm glad Hagar. you liked I'm glad we had that power in the room oh man dude and I'm glad Mark likes Mark all and, that and shit Mark and Jay too oh dude I sent Jay on a new record he nice. freaked yeah they're good Freaked. people, man. I love both of those guys. You know, you can, you can like, if you didn't know Jay Bennett, you probably would think, you know, this guy probably, you know, is like above it or whatever. But when, if you know him, you understand where he's coming from. Oh, yeah. And he's a fucking solid Dude, motherfucker. I sent him our shit and he wrote me back. He's like, I need to know the release date. He's like, I already have your feature. He's like, I don't know how, how big it is yet. He's like, but I already told Albert I got it. He's nice. like, this is mine. I can't believe this record. He's like freaking out. And same, I love him. I yo, love he's great. Band. Great dude. And it's the same thing with Mark, too. Because, you know, Mark, you know, he, the years he worked at Hydrahead. And, you know, in Hydrahead, you know, the, 
you know, they have a bit of a, you know, elitist, you know, kind of vibe, you know, a lot of great records came out on that label, but you, you know, you would think that there's a vibe, there's a vibe, you know, and when you meet Mark though, it doesn't, almost doesn't add up really, no. you know what I'm saying? Like he's just like a regular, he's dude. the only person I've met that is, that likes Sonic Boom by Kiss, <laughs> the only person, <laughs> Gary does, but like he, he, that night in that hotel room, I was, I felt okay about he made me feel good because it was okay to like these things death yeah. magnetic he oh, even yeah. likes lulu i can't oh, man. i can't that, even you fuck don't with even that. like that one i can't even fuck with that and i'm like the most lenient person ever on this planet right now i'm the most lenient person with metallica hands down that at was, least in the top four that lulu maybe one of those antarctica motherfuckers really loves him that much but that lulu record stunk that that's hard to get through man for sure. There's some cool riffs on it. There's some Hetfield riffs. It's a good the, practice tape, man. But the whole thing is just like the incoherent yammering. And I don't give a fuck that he's dead. I didn't like Lou Reed anyway. You know what? Thank you, because I don't like Lou Reed. <laughs> he's a did. dick. Everything I've ever heard about him. I know two people that worked for him. I know someone that worked alongside of him. Everyone I know, he's a dick. I, it's like... And this is me speaking mainly because I'm sure that they're... I'm not glad he's dead. I'm not glad he's dead, but I mean, I, I just remember when I was like younger, you know, and I was like a young, younger kid. Everyone I knew that like the Velvet Underground and Lou Reed, I just wanted to fucking strangle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And like, it just it was not my thing, man, you know? It's like some guy, you know, from Long Island, he's like, you know, Lower East Side and like this, you know, dude with cool sunglasses and a leather jacket, you know? He likes to bang out dudes and stuff. You know, hey, that's fine, dude. That's nothing wrong with that. But you you add all those things together, and that like really, really mediocre voice, and debatable songwriting abilities, and not being able to write a fucking chorus. You know, like and it for me, it wasn't like anything. You know, like there's so much. He's other from shit. Long Island. I didn't even know yeah, he's from. Fuck him, yeah. Blue Oyster Cult, Twisted Sister. Fuck yeah, him, exactly. Dude. <laughs> Fuck him, you know? and that's why he's just one of those like carpet baggers. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, fucking whatever, man. Lou Reed. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry that the man's dead. Obviously, <laughs> I wished him to. You know, I'm, I'm sad, saddened by his passing, but fuck his music. Man. Yeah, you know, it didn't mean anything to me. So now that he's gone, I'm not gonna pretend that like. I gave a fuck. Yeah. And put a picture of him on, on like... I have a couple Velvet Underground records, but I, I got those mainly to impress chicks, though, that I would, you know, the one or two that I got to come into my room when I was younger, and, you know, like, going through my record collection, you know, like, oh, yeah, I got these Velvet Underground records. You know, Mike D, that, that took my spot in Kill Your Idols, do you know Mike D? Yeah, He was yeah. in CR. Mm -hmm. He, uh... Was he in CR? Yeah, he was in CR. Right, yeah. Correct that shit. Yeah. Uh, Mike D fucking was wearing a pulp shirt. Or something, and uh, I forget. Like I, I was just like, "You like pulp?" And he was just like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "So do girls," <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Like he, he he made some sort of like reference, and I was just like, "All right, <laughs> I get it. I can't fuck with that. I'm not gonna wear a pink fucking pulp shirt." But you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Man. Yeah. So um, there's been some killer idols like activity lately, and it's and the circle is closed and broken. Really? How was that, man? Uh, it was good. We did the one show in May uh, at Black and Blue, which was insane. I can did imagine. Did you see the footage? There's pro shot I have, footage I've of seen, that. I've seen footage online from that show. There's, there's some crazy pro footage. 
It's insane. Is there going to be like some kind of uh, documentary or some, you know, DVD or something like no. that? There's only Black and Blue's website has the, the whole show pro shot and the the headliners or whatever have like a three different camera angle. Oh, wow. So like us, I don't think the Mab- Mabel destroyed as always, but I think them, they're just sort of head on. But us and, uh, and Judge have like a, there's like all sorts of cool angles, but... It was weird. Initially, like, we, Cousin Joe has offered us Black and Blue ever since fucking when we broke up and the the initial show got shut down. We wound up playing in a parking lot before we went over to the parking lot, which is where we practice now, coincidentally. We were going to jam in someone's space. Everyone texted each other. 200 people showed up. Wow. So we ended up ending the band in a parking lot, dragged a bunch of extension cords out, and the cops came and shut that down. But, uh... Before that happened, when the VFW hall got shut down, he was just like, I'll put you on black and blue. He's like, this is fucked up. And that was fucking cool of him. Like, Wait, it was like the same night as black and blue ball? Oh, no. Like, black and blue was like maybe a month later or oh, okay. a couple of weeks right, later. Right. But he was just willing to like, since our show got fucked up and it was our last show, he was willing to like adjust that festival to have us play it Damn. because he felt like it was fucked up. And I'll never forget that. It was so like a... Whatever... Consequent, like there, nothing mattered. He gave us that, just like I, I'll, I'll put you on black and blue. That would have been like him going back to his computer that night and being like, "Oh, geez, how am I going to make this work?" You know, but it didn't matter. He th- he just instinctually threw that out there, and that that meant a lot. And he, him and Freddie have always asked every year, and I'm like, "That's nah, not not in the cards. Don't you know? Don't want to do it." And they asked us this year to do it, and I said no. Uh, so they added a second day because Judge blew the fucking thing out. I never liked Judge, so I don't give a fuck. I was... I got a lot of feelings about that whole scenario. I uh, I don't give a shit for Judge, uh, and I have yeah. no problem saying that. Never... It's not personal. I fucking whatever. I never liked him. So I like you today, but I don't like fucking Judge. So... And just the, t- the caliber of fucking dick riding that comes along with that whole reunion. Whatever. We'll go off on around, it. Around... Just down the line on every reunion. Yeah, you know. so that was that was the ultimate one. I'm glad Black and Blue got that because they deserve to have a big reunion. They put a lot into that festival. They take very little back, and cousin Joe and Freddie really like. They do a great job. They care about this. They care about that, and they put a lot into it. So they got a really big band to reunite. It was awesome. I am not a fan, but I don't. I'm a fan of Joe and Freddie and them doing it fest. So cool. Uh, so we got offered the second night. Uh, no, well, we didn't. Tom from Indecision texted me, and he was just like, you should play Black and Blue, and I wrote back, no. <laughs> and he was like, me and, you know, Joe was like, oh, we need another band for the second night. And he's like, what about Kill Your Idols? And he was like, oh. he's like, I always ask them. They, they, they don't want to do it. And I was at the, like, 8th and Barry, or 7th and Barry, at a red light reading that text, texting and driving. Which is, yeah, so, dangerous. Uh, so I just <laughs> fucking, I call Gary, and I'm like, yo, do you want to do black and blue? And he was just like, of all people making this phone call, he's like, let's just, let's just put this out in the open. You're calling me and asking, right? Cause I was the one for years. I was like, Nope. I was like, yeah, I just, it made me think like he really sincerely asks us all the time because he cares. And Tom is a great friend too. Uh, the combination just made me think, you know, what? we got some time. There's some weird downtime while we're doing this. Let's fucking do it. It was fucking crazy. Uh, we initially got whatever slot we wanted, and I, out of respect, said, before Madball, 
you don't ever want to play after Mad Bull. You don't want to play after Slayer. You don't want to play after Mad Bull. Like to me, it's yeah. I've seen, I've been in it, and I've seen it. And there's when Mad Bull's done, it's just like rebuilding a fucking place that's just been bombed, you know. <laughs> so whatever happened, we got, we ended up getting bumped. Like Freddie was just like, "Yo, I I know I told you what whatever you want, like, but we gotta." You guys got to play after us. It's been discussed, and Cousin Joe is just like, yo, you're the nostalgia act. He's like, we really think you guys should be after Mad Bull right before Judge. And I'm like, all right. I was like, to me, it was just a matter of respect. I'll play anywhere except for three in the afternoon because I think our reunion is, Yeah, we could do our own show. And it wasn't even a matter of that. They would have put us on wherever. But it was more of a respect thing because I have too much respect for Mad Bull, you know? Like... Yeah, I mean, you've toured with them. Yeah. You're friends with those guys for a really long time. I didn't want to say that. I, toured with them as a member. like a, Yeah, literally. In, in the band. It was like so, a yeah. year of touring with them. Yeah. And I just know, you know, I just knew my role, and I figured that would be a perfect spot. I'd feel completely respected if we could play under you guys and then judge. So when we got put in the middle, I was like, mm, man, that's a fucking shit show. Like, we got to be on our A game. Yeah. Let's, we got a hard act to follow, and then... Part of me was like, whatever happens after us, fuck it. Like, I'm just worried about playing after Mad Bull. I don't give a shit about the other shit. So, uh, I love the bird chirping. It's great. Yeah. It has uh, a sort of atmosphere, yeah. you know. It's like wolves in a throne room demo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we the, the choice of, of intro was uh, Bathory, the first song of Bloodfire Death. Oh, it's wow. right over Northland. <laughs> Three minutes, and it's the hardest shit. It was Rafe's idea. I got to give him the credit for it. Wow. He was like, we should come out with that as an intro. The horses and all this shit. Shit. And it was three minutes, and it really built up, like, it, it built up fucking craziness. And uh, it helped. It, like, sort of cleansed the palate. Like, yeah. Madball had beat the fuck out of the place. Now... The only person I knew was Henry, the Asian Henry, not oh, to be confused with. The other Henry. The he was the only one I looked in the crowd, and he was like, <laughs> he like knew what it was. And maybe Ron. Yeah, two Ron Grimaldi, definitely. Two people knew that that yeah. was, but whatever. It meant something to me, Rafe and Gary, so it was, and it was, it's, it's great. So that was the intro, and then it just, it was that. And we wound up doing, uh, it was so, so good. We got crazy offers. We settled. We took This Is Hardcore in Philadelphia. We did two shows in Chicago, which we didn't need to do, but they were for a good friend of ours, so it was what it was. And then wrapped it up with two in New York Thanksgiving weekend uh, at Santos Party House. And both sold out, or the second one was just undersold out. Good enough for me. It's a really good way to like close the door and just now get this holiday bullshit out of the way where everyone's schedules are fucking stupid and open the next open the gates shut yeah. the door and open the gates yeah because the, the, when's the Black Anvil record coming out I think we're looking at April April yeah and when are you coming out uh, April May so so same time man fuck yeah man yeah. ads together fuck I don't gotta nice be with to some you. bullshit that that's it that's <laughs> exactly because you know they're gonna cram 800 ads in a fucking yeah. thing yeah that's the fucking drill, man. You know how it is. But that's, that's cool, good. man. I, I, I thought yours... Yeah. I, that's great. They, that's awesome, man. Yeah. April, May, somewhere in that range. I'm hoping, you know... Because we're playing this fest in um, in the UK called Temples Fest. And uh, we're, we're playing with Neurosis and Amon Ra. Is that your day? That's the day we're playing. And, I'm, and Beast Milk the next. Beast Milk is playing the next day, which I really wish I could see them. But Maybe we're playing out the next up. day. 
Maybe they'll have their merch. <laughs> they'll probably have some rare like LPs or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so we're hoping to have the record available to take with us to, for that, you know. And that's that's good. That would be pretty rad to have the record for that that festival. You know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, that's what we're hoping for. And right? you have artwork done? It's or not done being yet. Worked on? It's ne- it's being worked on. Who is doing the artwork? Thomas Hooper. He did the other two records. So you you can't you need not worry. Yeah, you, you know you you can't. You know, so, so there's some factions in the band. You're like, you know, you know, are there any sketches or? Like, no, man, there's none of that stuff, dude. It's like, but we'll get it. When yeah, we I'm get not it. gonna. You know, I keep, I'm gonna tell him what he how to fucking make a, a fucking album cover. I'm not gonna do that. That's exactly with with our guy. Yeah, it's man. The same. I mean, we we had a little back and forth because there was some, but it was more of like the, well, rather than tell him what we want, I'd tell him what I didn't particularly love. This way, let him. It's still all him. It's all him. Yeah, like the way the way that we have been working the last two records with Thomas is like give him a demo, let him vibe out. Yeah, give him the lyrics, you know. And I've given I've updated with him, him with lyrics as I continue to update the lyrics. So, you know, and just he and he's a fan of the band, obviously. Yeah, and, and we're friends, and that's you know, it's uh, you know, he was on board, like. In the way you know years ago, so and that makes I think that's important too to have that relationship. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like Mastodon Paul Romano. Exactly. I, yeah, I so I expected, like, if I know you have a, you have a new record coming out, I'm on top of looking forward to hearing it. I want to see the whole the whole package together because I know it's just going to complete what you guys created. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, we just let him do his thing, and, and you know, you can't, you know, he's an artist, man, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, he's like building a wall or something like that, or putting plumbing into your house, it's yeah. like, you know, okay, it's going to be due on this date, and uh, he's going to have it done, and I have faith in everything he does, and I've never seen anything he's done that I didn't like, so, and also, he has been involved in, like, the creative end of, you know, the music, he's heard where we're coming from with the music, and he knows the lyrics, he's, you know... I've shown him all that stuff. So, you know, we've had a couple of conversations about what the, you know, uh, the concept of the album and, and um, you know, just direction-wise, how it's different from the last record and things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about yeah, that. And you want his art, so. I feel like it, it, it's connected, like the sound and, and his visuals are, are pretty it's like a tight sort of thing. It does make a lot of sense. Even to the that little sigil of yours. Did he do that? Yeah, I'm assuming? yeah he designed that. Yep. He's he's your guy. Yeah. You, if he went with like some crazy futuristic looking like, <laughs> like three dimensional chrome car. like a chrome scorpion and like that <laughs> on a planet. <laughs> on a fucking, yeah, dude. Flying on a planet. Yeah. See that that was the other option that we had. You know, it was like a Harley, like with like fucking skeleton. You know, riding a Harley. You know, with Adolf Hitler and like the fucking sidecar, <laughs> like that was going to be the. That if we couldn't, if Thomas was busy, that's what that's we would have went, went with that. The sketch, it's all mocked up. It's your screensaver. <laughs> it's my screensaver. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and also I'm looking forward to getting mixes from the album. We should be getting them this coming week, you know, and uh, you know that that's that's going to be cool to have all that stuff together finally, you know. I mean, you know how it is. It's yeah. just, you're sick of hearing the material, but you still want to see it fucking manifested, though, you know? Um, I'll listen to... I, I have a rule... Not, not a rule, but it's just sort of like by nature. I'll listen to it until it's out. 
maybe a little after it's out, you want to fucking give yourself a break. Yeah. But right now, like, I listen to, I listen to our record like crazy. Yeah. Because I wanted, like, singing and playing for me is still a challenge. So, I the more I'm on it, when we're not getting together weekly here and there, it's just it's a good thing for me to do. But I listen to it because I I actually enjoy it. Which may sound completely cocky and shitty, but it's not like I'm making other people sit like, yo, fucking sit down. Check me out. <laughs> That's my voice. It's, it's not like that. Like, I just yeah. sincerely, it means something to me, too. And it was written in, like, a, in a, a dark time. that I've had a, a year. Yeah. There's not been a very pleasant, uh, pleasant year. So, and it, there was a point where I didn't think this was... I, I was on. I didn't think I was writing enough. Gary uh, did a lot of sheer terror in that year, and in that year, it was sort of like me and Rafe. At one point, it was just me with my guitar plugged into Gary's shit that I like set up probably in a way where he would kill me if he saw the way I had everything <laughs> plugged in. Not looking at ohms or anything, but just like me and Rafe in the practice space, like me with my guitar that doesn't stay in tune because it needs to set up with that fucking guitar. Same one, actually. The BC Rich? Yep, but it doesn't string through the back. Ah. Uh, but that same fucking Mockingbird and just writing. And it... I, for a while, I just felt like I wasn't productive and, like, I'd opt to go home and I just didn't want to pick up the guitar. But when, when I did... Like, now listening to it, I feel like when I did, it made up for that time of not doing anything not even reading or like and even want, it wasn't even like I was lazy and watching TV like I just sit in my room in silence maybe fuck up my phone but I was in a shitty place uh which is, I'm still I'm comfortable in that in a weird way like it's it's weird to say it's weird to accept that I'm sort of comfortable by myself and unhappy I, I can well that, that's that's that. a, a dilemma that a lot of people get into I mean it's um you know, you, I mean, I, I tend to the same things, but I feel, I feel like, I'm, for me, I'm aware of it. I'm sure you are too, but yeah. it's like you, you get into this depression mode where you're like comfortable with it and it's, it's easier to feel that way than it is to like try to not feel that way or do something to bring yourself out of that, you know? And that's, you know, I, I think a dilemma that a lot of people find themselves in, you know, the same it's like there's comfort in that sort of sameness of it, yep. fami the fil familiarity of that feeling, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it happens. When you can't force creativity, though. You can't, like, sit there and, with a guitar and be like, all right, I have to write riffs, you know, I have to write lyrics. Or else you end up fucking playing Sabbath covers yeah. and putting your shit away. <laughs> totally, you know, and it's just like you, you don't come up with anything. I mean, I know, like, for me, writing lyrics is, like, the hardest thing. And I couldn't, it, it's not like, all right, tonight I'm going to write lyrics. You gotta like, be. You can't do it. You, you know, you can sit there. Keep snapping. But, I, I uh, write, but I don't use any of the shit. Like I would set aside times where I'm like, all right, tonight. But time to go home, write some lyrics. Yeah, and it was it's shit. It sucks. It was horrible. And like, but then like you know, sometimes you just something comes to you, and you just you have to you write it. That's why I like the notes and the phone. You know, the iPhones. Yeah, because you I put can all my shit be on this 24 hours. I've There are times where I've walked into the street in between, like, a UPS truck and some other car and, like, hummed riffs into my phone. Yeah. Because I think of something and I'm like, I don't want people in the street to be like, what is this dick doing? Like, I, I take advantage of it. Me and Gary sent each other. He sent me some sort of thing this morning that I probably deleted because I'm a frantic deleter. I love deleting texts. I hate the buildup. But, yeah, that is all I do. You know, but uh, yeah, it's just like, I mean, even with us too, man, the, um, most of that record was written 
just me and Andrew really, because we went through the period when you when you, when you played with us for a couple of shows. You know, we didn't have a, ba- a steady bass player for a while, and uh, you know, we had Dan playing guitar for a while, and um, it was just uh, you know we were writing, but there really wasn't like uh, you know for a good year there really wasn't a solid lineup really for the band. There's just me and Andrew really, and uh, you know having Garrett and Ben. And it's only been a year, really, with those guys in the band. A little bit, or a little bit more than a year. That really kind of was the, so the the sort of catalyst for getting us into the into the studio finally. To finally finish writing all the fucking material and be able to be at a place where we can record all this shit. And did they con- contribute more than just adding their twist? Uh, I mean, honestly, most of this is still the same drill. You it's know. you. It's you. Yeah, I mean, not right. to be a dick, but. Well, you know, it just works out that way, because I—that's all I do—is I fucking sit in this room, and I have all these guitars around me <laughs> and a fucking keyboard and all this like, and Birds. I just play, you know, play guitar, man, and, and write songs that sound like shit that would be on a Tunes record, you know. You know, there's one song that I wrote on there. I wrote for the album, a song called "Death Tripper." That's like originally I didn't. It wasn't even going to be a Tunes song. It was going to be. Is it one of the slower ones? Yeah, it's like that that sort of one man project I do, the you know, Vasilek. It's got like got like five or six songs. It was gonna be that. And then something about the song, I'm like, man, this really should be on the album. So we did a couple of demos with the band playing and then we finally recorded it for the new record. And, and there's a slow song and a slower song with cleaner vocals on the last There's video. a lot of clean You vocals. may recognize me from the video. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of clean singing on the new record. That's cool. You know, and there's also a lot of, like, you know, faster. The songs have gotten faster. And I really wanted you to sing on that fucking Kiss cover, man. But it was one of those things where it was just like, we almost didn't do it. Yeah, that's right. Gary didn't even play. Gary didn't know the song. He just played the chorus. Like, he learned what the chorus was, but that was just all the rest of us. Like, Jeremy played the whole thing. I didn't even fucking know it. And vocal, I didn't even print the lyrics out. Like, I just wound up writing them down last minute, and we were like, I'm going to blow this. And just nailed it. So, I mean, as, it sounds great. As man. much as we could nail it. Yeah. I was skeptical with my voice. We threw it through a Leslie and it sounded right. fucked up a little That's bit. That's what yeah. I thought. Oh, wow, interesting. All right, cool. Wino's Leslie that, nice. uh, that lives there now. Down was, in Baltimore? Was traded to Jay for whatever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Rutan isn't big on effects. Like, he's not, so, for him... Oh, Jay loves him, see? Yeah, see... He likes uh, your effects, though. Like, your pedal board, he would have been like... <gasps> like, when you when you took the case off of that fucking thing. He would have been like, oh, dude. They're all ghetto effects that I have, though. They're all like, they're all like you know, fucking boss. Digitech. Yeah, <laughs> D.O.D. They're not, they're not like, you know, I don't have any fancy anything, man. It's all just shit you get off the rack somewhere, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Rutan is like really, well, first of all, we, we went with him because we wanted to be able to fucking hear what's on the recording, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, you know, we want to hear all the details and everything, and um, so he, amazing. People you know, can he, think we're in McCarran Park. It's a fucking, <laughs> I know, right? He's uh, he's a master at that shit, you know, and that's why we went down there. We Click loved, track too? Oh, like a motherfucker, dude. It was like... Yeah, I mean, we used a click track on the last album. We always, well, with Andrew, the we always record with He's a, a psychopath in that department where, he, like, 
perfection. I, I, I got to see him. Again? No, Andrew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see Andrew in his element with this whole little weird... He's He's got like a ritual in that practice space. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like this, he's like a hoarder behind the drums, yep. and he's got all sorts of shit, and he would do something with the iPod and like fucking with his phone, and yeah. he's real like... He's got a process when he's He back even there. had a feather. Were you, were you remember the feather? What the fuck are you talking about? He had this fucking feather. This is just to further his fucking, like, that there's an agenda that we don't know about. No, we'll never know about. But it's something. When we were packing up to go to L.A. for that show, he was trying to jam shit in his suitcase. And one of the little zippers opened and his feather came out. And I was like, yo, you feather. It was, oh like, a, it was like a weird, like a hawk or some shit that was extinct. It was this big feather. And he just, like, put it back in and zipped the thing up and didn't say anything. And I was like, huh, I've never seen that. I have to talk to him about it. He's going to be here in a couple of days. So. Ask him about the tomorrow. feather. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today's Thursday. He'll be here tomorrow. We need to get to the bottom of why that feather was put back in there and zipped up. Huh. I, who knows? A relationship thing. You found it in the park together. It could be anything. But there was some sort of thing to the feather, and I'm like, all right. That's some shit, man. <laughs> we don't have to go there. Because I got weird shit in my case I never take out. Yeah. Normally, it's just TSA papers. <laughs> from like when I fly. TSA. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I see how he, like... It's more than just like him playing with like his head. He's always like, like thinking and yeah. going and, and like recording with Rutan for him must have been fucking great. For, yeah, for all of us, man. I mean, you know, he's. Uh, I was I was intimidated by the whole thing. To be honest with you, because that's like, a I, good feeling. I huh? know that he is a super perfection oriented, critical guy, and you know he's like really, really on top of your performances and he's like listening for shit you don't even hear and tuning is like a big thing with him tuning to the point where like we were never in tune you know to him and we were checking tuning constantly we were and like you still d uh drop c which he hates he hates drop tuning for he feels like that top string never stays in tune and he's he's right actually when you hit it hard it wonks or whatever he, that drives him out of his fucking mind he hates that He's a standard tuning guy. We had some of those issues because we're C sharp and we had some drop B songs. Yeah. So there's a lot of like the... That would drive Rutan insane, dude. He would, he would fucking crack, I think, if that happened. <laughs> but he's down with low tuning. He it, emailed us about recording us. I, he, we were talking about you guys down there. I would have loved to have done dude. that. I had a, thing, a connection with Jay, though, because I recorded with him with No More Black. Yeah. But that, he, you know, I, I was honored to get that email. Dude. I, I, I'm blown away by the fact that we even pull this thing off with that motherfucker. I mean, he and on top of being, and, and you and him, I'm real curious because you guys have not the. It's almost the same. Like us and Jay Robbins doesn't really make sense. You and Eric Rattan makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like it'll make sense when I hear it, and I'm like, yes, yeah. But I'm, I have, I know what to. It's almost like I know what to expect. <laughs> But I don't. But I can't wait to hear it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, not here. I, I, I follow you, man. You know, it's like I don't think he's ever recorded a band like you guys. Maybe he has, but no, he said that he hasn't. And it's like, you know. But the thing is, though, I feel like in a lot of ways, people misunderstand what we're going for anyway, because of the, the you know, not that the last two records don't sound good, but they're, they're. I don't think they really represent what we sound like live, anyhow. No, you know. So I think that when you listen to the new album with. Rutan's production on it and then you come and see us live it makes there's more of a continuity between those two experiences as opposed to like you know you, you listen to what was done on some of the recordings that we had prior to this and then you see us live and it's like different experiences yeah. sort of you know 
So I mean, I'm, that's you know, I haven't heard. I only I've only heard the rough mixes, the rough tracks right before we left. You know, and it was like already I was blown away by the what I. So it can only get better because yeah. he's not going to just ruin. <laughs> he's going to ruin everything. Tomb shreds. It's like one of those. But uh, but yeah, what 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 was good? What, you know, he was even admitted that it took him a little bit out of his comfort zone with the effects and like you know. The, the sort of and you did uh, obviously use a lot of effects in atmosphere because you guys have a Very, lot of that. We didn't track a lot of it though. Really, it was all done in the mix. A lot of it was done in the mix. It took me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, because you want to. Yeah, I like to just just go with it. You know what I mean? So just all added in after, huh? Yeah, because uh, and that also puts a lot of pressure on you playing because you don't have reverbs anymore. You're just like playing this fucking clean dry guitar track yeah it's like if you fuck it up you sound like you don't even you can't even play i mean i spent a week like tracking guitars and by the end i felt like i wanted to fucking kill myself because i was like like get all self-conscious how did i even get this far playing this fucking instrument because i sound like shit you know dude i i filled in on h2o for h2o on guitar and sitting down demoing at home cool standing up with a guitar strap on, standing up even, is a whole different animal. Oh, yeah. So we, we jammed an ultrasound. It was just me and the other guitar player and the drummer. And we got some room with a wall of combos. It was no... <laughs> oh, combos. I played through like a twin reverb or some shit. It was... I played through like whatever was the gainiest, like a Vox or something yeah. that I could get some sort of dirt on. Man, it brought out every little insecure. Yep. Like it was just so honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so... <laughs> here she comes, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just too honest. That's why I like the Sandzamp. Without a Sandzamp, I don't want to play bass. Yeah. The um... he, he didn't want me. I didn't use the Sandzamp on the number of black record. He was against it. Really? So this time, like. For, you I was like adamant about it. On the way there, I'm like, you should fucking Santa. You're like gearing yourself up for I was get, so, confronting him. And I said that to him. I was just, like, while we were setting my shit up, like to, to after Rafe got his sounds and we set everything else up, I uh, I had the sand amp on, on my head and I was just like looking at him and he like looked over and I was just like, just so you know, I'm using the sand amp. And he's like, cool, man. No, no resistance. And I was like, I was like let down. I was like, you want to fight? <laughs> fight him a little. I told, and I, I, so I just went to explain. I was like, I didn't really think you'd be that okay with it. And he was just like, Hey, this is your guys' sound. I was like, I need. I was like, it's a big part of my bass sound. Yeah, like it needs to be fucking like monstrous. Yeah. It's and he was just like, dude, totally. And I'm glad that we didn't use it on the No More Black record because it made more sense. With it probably that music. wasn't the right tone for that record. Yep. Yeah. The um, leading up to this recording. We rehearsed a lot with clean, like not not clean. Knowing that you'd be doing this after a lot of individual practicing went on with us with hardly any gain with headphones. Really? Yeah, because we you know it's like Metallica and Antarctica. We um, put the click tracks together. Basically, when we did this thing, we set I, I set up Pro Tools sessions for each one of the songs. The hands keep moving. She's like with uh with a click track and. I recorded a scratch guitar, and then those the same sessions what Rutan used to build all the songs. Really? So when because Rutan was his idea, Rutan was like, "Why don't you do the scratch guitars before you come down here? So you're you're not even going to be playing while Andrew's doing his drums, and we don't have to worry about." Saves bleeding. time. 
He's a fucking genius, dude. Like, I would never have thought to do that. That's really cool. And it's cool that, that he's okay enough with that. It doesn't have to be like, well, I want to mic you. It saves him time. Cool. Yeah. We we sucked shit out of demos and fucking out of the demos, like certain vocal things and weird really? little things that I didn't... We did that on prior recordings, like weird noises or things that just happened, some yeah. guitar stuff. There's just some stuff that couldn't be recreated. And I asked Jay, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to be cool with this, but there's just some magic in some of these demos and some sounds and things that should line up time-wise, and he was totally cool. We flew in so much shit. Actually, on a couple of songs, we did the same thing because um, same same type of thing, like the noises and there's some stuff, some sounds I got just with this pod. That you're not going to get? That you're not going to replicate? I'm not going to, you know, through some angle, like, you know, like high-end amp, I'm not going to be able to get that sound. So there's like some noises and feedback things that we dropped in because, you know, all that stuff was tracked with the click track. Yeah. So the timing was perfect. It was perfect. So See, ours just, wasn't, but it was sort of still on. Yeah. And then we did like, uh, you know, so we have a, we have one song with like a synth part and we recorded that here and we just brought it down to the session. So it was cool, man. It was like the most like technical record I've ever done because, you know, we did a lot of pre-production and, you know, I mean, we do a lot of pre-production as it is, but a lot of stuff that we actually used, like a lot of work was done before we got down there with setting up the sessions and the click track and you know, things that were actually incorporated in the recording. But he was probably so relieved with that, too. Like, I'm sure it was sort of like a, ooh, wow, yeah. Like, all right. Yeah, I, mean, I hope so. Sets a good yeah. pace, yeah, I but, would think. It, it was it was a trip, though, man. It was, like, literally, like, you know, one of these ego-crushing sort of experiences, you know. But it was... It, I, we're 100% going back to... Going back with the next, the next album. I mean, it's already See, decided. And I know the ego thing. I felt the same way. The first time we recorded with Jay, and I, I with No More Black, a lot of those bass lines were real simple, but uh -huh. catchy and had to be powerful. Yeah. But there was a lot of simplicity in it, and I always felt like there was one song in particular I remember mentioning to him. I'm like, what do you think about how I'm, like, the minimal aspect of the song? He's like, I fucking love it, man. And I'm like, this dude, I respect all the bands he's been in, and he he's a phenomenal guitar player. Yeah. I just felt like I should be working in a video store, not like being in a band. Well, dude, I was, was intimidated a little bit. Well, yeah, well, that's Rutan. Rutan's a shredder, you know what I mean? He was a fucking Morbid Angel, yeah. dude, you know? And it's like, and we recorded the rhythm tracks with that fucking Explorer that he played. Really? Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Because according to him, that was the only guitar that stayed in tune. And I believe him. He, that's the only guitar that he can rely on that was he knew it was going to be in tune. So I was like, all right, that's you cool. You should have brought this. The fucking the shit's not even like set up for anything. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, some of the speed picking stuff, you know. I'm like, man, you know, I don't even have any fucking business doing this shit, you know. So, but yeah, it was, it was fucking rad, man. Looking forward to getting those mixes. She's doing a thing where, like, when I move out of the way and I come back, she's, like, two feet closer. Oh, yeah, she's stalking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul's getting stalked by my cat. He's about to tear my fucking face apart. She usually isn't aggro like this, but when there's company, when there's people over, she gets crazy. She gets, that's good, though. She'll be out cold when, yeah. when I leave. Yeah, she's, like, uh, showing off her acrobatics and her <laughs> athleticism here. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it, man. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's been like a... It feels like this one has been, 
you know, sort of um, the per the period of writing this thing, and you know, we, we there was a lot of changes that went on with the band. You know what I mean? And like, like I said, like similar to what probably what you experienced, like a lot of the writing was just me and Andrew. You know, just like together and that whole summer. You know, not this summer, but the summer prior. Like most of the beginnings of all these, a lot of these songs were written during that period of time where we had no shows. You know, we had people we could get to play in the band if we needed yeah. to do that. But, you know, there really wasn't any demand for us to go on tour or anything like that. So we were just writing. And half of that stuff got thrown out. But there's a couple of little pieces that became these songs, you know. And, like, one song we actually wrote when Carson was still in the band. And that's how old it is. And it's still... Two songs. You know, one of them's a little, you know, different. But basically, you know, the same jam. And then the other one is just completely different. So, but yeah, it's been like little groupings of writing styles. And so it's, I think there's a lot of different, like a lot of variety on the and record. Who knows? You could even go back to old tapes and find something for, for the next record. Dude, we have stuff that I do we that. haven't developed in the, we had songs that were about 75% done. That we were like, okay, this is like not gonna make it because we're not quite there yet with it. So, how many songs is it? It's ten songs. And you recorded just ten? We recorded ten. Yeah. But I think like one of the things we were talking about doing. How long is, is it? It's just under sixty minutes. Good. So, Good. you know, songs are there's like some interludes and you know all, you know all the fruity like atmospheric things we do. You know, there's actually Jay Bennett and Sarah are on, are on going to be in one of the interludes. Really. Yeah, they recorded a song with like some droney guitar and like vocals for that purpose, and I just cut it up and I put it on the. Oh, on that's the, awesome! So, so they're going to be featured on the record too, and um, you know, so you know, it's one of the things we were thinking about doing since this, this is our last album with Relapse for now. Like our contract is like fulfilled, is releasing something in uh, the summertime. That's going to be like a, you know, like a down, just a download or something that just, you know, because we have all this other material that we, what didn't, wasn't ready to be recorded yet. But I'm assuming once we get back into the swing of things, we'll probably finish writing those songs. So we already have material. You'll be playing new songs before this record comes out, <laughs> if I know you. <laughs> nah, there's some, some of these, there's a lot of life left in these songs. You know, we played... The show at Vitus was the first time we played most of those songs. So will you be playing uh, only new stuff moving forward? Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do also. Yeah. You know. And I, I, I took I got that idea from you. Oh, really? Yep. Cool. We Also, the, the whole record flows together, and we don't like to stop playing. I don't like to talk. See, that's 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 key, man. It's like, because I know like when we used to play, like we used to drop older songs into the set. The, the, the vibe changes, and you're not, you know... And no one, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really pay attention to like people, like what they want to hear necessarily. Yeah. I just want to do what it feels what right. What you want to do, you know? Yeah, you know, because like uh, when you go to Europe, a lot of times, you know, people like, you know, they, they have their Germans want to hear certain things, and they get upset with you if you don't. Very what they upset, want. and then they get drunk, and you're talking about George Bush at the end of the night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't really, you know, I don't you know, feel good about doing what people tell me to do, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we started playing some new shit, and it, it started working out in a way where, like, the last two shows we played was all new, and minus, uh, obviously we haven't been playing 70-minute sets, so we did, like, the first three, four songs on the record, and then the last song, or we'll, 
we'll make it flow in that order however long we can, but it's definitely, I think moving forward, I only have interest in playing songs off of this record. That's awesome. It's cool. But yeah, you guys were, were inspiring, uh, th like thinking of it, it was just like, well, that's what, well, Tombs did, like I've seen Tombs do that, like that came up in conversation. And also timing things, like you guys don't count songs in. Yeah. We can't do that, because we, we got someone back there at the helm that's fucking... <laughs> He ain't gonna listen to this shit. Rafe, I, I, fuck, fuck that. It ain't happening. So, uh, but someone at Guitar Center will hear it and go back to him and tell him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we can't do that. Gary likes to count. You'll see him counting, bopping his head. Uh, I love just keep fucking Andrew in the peripheral and just fucking nail it. And, and yeah. It's a cool thing. So, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I always take even filling it with Madball. Like, we've learned to come out of a song with, with a tight stop, like, and then ring out into an E, and then you segue into the next song. Yeah. Like, I've, I always take it, you always learn, you know, you always learn, but even playing with you guys, there are certain things where I'm like, cool, we should, it's like, yo, these guys do it, it's pretty cool. It's not to just totally bite their shit, but, you know. Yeah, well, like, little subtle things. I yeah. mean, I think, you know, everyone, you know, I, the same thing. I see bands, you know, I try to, like, learn from them. They go on tour with different bands, you see how they do things, and... See how I can improve what you do, you know? Yeah, now I think we're going to start doing samples in between songs. Because if I'm not going to talk and we're going to play these long-ass songs, the guitars are going to go out of tune. There's a lot more going on. Absolutely, So, unless we're using that Eric Rutan fucking... <laughs> unless Dude. we're using that guitar, we're not going to... You know, those guys, the basses, I don't have to worry about, but those two guys will go out because they're both fucking going berserk. Yeah. So, I think we're going to have to, like... That it's um, tune a little it, more. It's a nice thing, man. Like when you have like a little bit of a, you know, it, it's like I feel I feel like it. You know, you have this this song and there's like this like atmosphere, and then you bang into the next yeah. song, and it's like a, a real. I, I'm working on actually. I think we're going to be incorporating stereo samples next time out. Really? Yeah. Not not for the remaining two shows we got this year, but next tour or next, you know. What are the other two you got? Uh, we're we're playing ABC Acheron. No Rio on Saturday. This Saturday? Yes, sir. Yep. And then we're playing the Acheron like, in a couple Fuck, weeks. we practice Saturday. Yeah. One of the rare ABC No Rio shows. Man. Who's that with? Uh, that band Sonhet. I know the logo. I've seen the stickers yeah. around. And uh, my friend Mike G from Jersey, This uh, his band's called Windfarer. They're really, really good. They're like a black metal, um, sort of pagan black metal kind of band. And uh, they're playing, and there's also a band called Barbarian playing, who I don't... Barbarian. Great, great name, dude. They gotta be great. Um, who I don't know anything about them, though. But uh, Argonauts were supposed to play, but uh, Dave injured his he hand. He did something. For, he, where yeah. he, I saw that somewhere. He, he injured his hand, so they're not going to be doing the show. But, uh, yeah, that I, I you know, playing ABC, ABC No Rio is cool. I like playing there. You know, and, uh, I do too. We always end up playing there. I, we discussed possibly doing this with you. I think. Yeah, this is that was always, on the table. I always play there in the fucking winter. It never it's fails. Always January. in the middle of the winter. It's going to be cold as a motherfucker on Saturday too. I bet. You know? <laughs> of course, of course. It just guys. Sunday is going to be fifty. Yeah, it's part of the fucking experience, man. You know, but I mean, my old band used to play there a lot, and it was. It was I always like playing there. You know, I don't know if the kids like us necessarily that place, but like I do. So fuck yeah. it. You know. That place is deeper than who's in there now to, to you, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah, totally. I don't even know who, who's... I know the Diami guy. Diami's... He's cool. Yeah, I've known him for years, and he's, you know, he's been... Uh, 
And the guy who booked us when we played there with you guys in Inhuman, that guy's cool. I don't, I, you know, I, he, I've seen him around, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they care about like you know. They probably think we're you and you and I are like sellouts or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meanwhile, those fucking kids don't realize that when they were born, I was fucking playing in some motherfucker's basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you'd already heard that Sabbath record <laughs> a decade. You know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. So that and then the Acheron, which is gonna, our, we've never played there before. So. We we played there for the first time. I played it with Death Cycle. Yeah, but but, but we played there for the first time. It's cool. I like. I've been there since you know we rehearsed like literally like okay. we're literally part of the fucking space. Like when you when there's an all ages show, they let people in that door. Uh-huh. Our door is to to the left. We use that as our little setup area. Yeah, like when you load in. There's a there's a way there's a door that's when you look left the old, that's yeah. our practice space <laughs> we uh the, Nick from Hull yeah yeah Nick, that's Nick is the guy we, we share with Hull he I saw him where he works at Lodge okay and uh, he was just like you guys he knew he opened the door to go jam and he just saw a mess all over the floor and he was like. Black Anvil played here last night. He's like, all right. And he told me, he was just like, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize what was going on. And then we were like, what show was here last night? Ah, all right. Yeah. Nick's good people. That was our little setup room. You know, we're uh, we're, we're playing in a band together. Really? Yeah, we have a project. Me, cool. Nick, uh, Sean, the, other, the bass player from Hall. This guy, Charlie, who plays in this band called Vora. And uh, Faith. Vora. Yeah. V-A-U-R-A. Yep. He's the drummer in that band. I was just put on to that band it's cool. by a certain Ukrainian. She likes them. Fucking demand that I listen to that record. Yeah, I imagine a lot of women like that band. So they Yo, have that sort of like you know. Sent me the record. I've been running it daily. It's uh, Kevin Huffnagels in that band. The guy really? from uh, from Dysrhythmia. Really. And Gorguts. That guy. Yeah. And fucking band's good, it's man. It's cool. I enjoy their music. I think it's really it's it's what I it's I like that kind of stuff because it has like that. It's it's British. it's got balls too, it's, man. It's definitely like evil sounding, but there's like a little bit of that Joy Division sort of trip going on, and I, I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this was last week that I discovered this. I had never heard. It. I live sort of in a. I, I feel like I have such an open mind, and I meet people that challenge me and make me feel like I don't have a fucking open mind. And then I get a record like that sent my way, which whatever, it's nothing new. Like I wasn't like. <gasps> It it's wasn't cool, here at Master of Puppets for the first time, but yeah, it's fucking really good, yeah. man. And uh, Fade Kaner is a singer. Oh, he's I doing, love Fade. He's, he's doing a keyboards, dude. too. He's doing, like, electronics and vocals. What's the name of it? Do you have a name we yet? We don't have a name yet. We, we have uh, recordings, though, it's of a good uh, band. demos and stuff. So I'm, now that I'm done with the Tombs album... You can um, fuck with this. I can fuck with this, exactly. And I'm trying to... We have a demo that we recorded in the space, and we're trying to... I want to get my parts recorded... I mean, I hope, I'd like to do it before the end of the year, whether yeah. or not I can actually pull that off, we'll see, but, you know, and then, like, next year, you know, I want to do some shows and, you know, maybe do a full full record, you know, and it's cool, it's, like, different for, I think, everyone, really, you know, I'm really excited about playing with Fate, I gotta be honest with you, because he, I've always thought that guy was, like, really talented, and, uh, like, I feel like he's, uh, he's got a really interesting... He's a really good guy, too. He's a great guy. All those guys are great guys, and... It's a really easy being in a band with those guys because they've all done it for a while and they know what the deal they is. They have bands. They have bands and people and they understand. There's not know. like the one guy that's got nothing that's like harping and yeah. annoying when no. it's like, I got my band. Dude. Yeah, everyone's been around the block, you know, and they know what's going on. So it's cool, you know. 
but that's I'm excited about that. That's going to be, um, you know, something for 2014. You know, fucking get that out there, play a couple shows, do some do some records. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that Vora record's good, man. Yeah, definitely. I checked it out. Um, I remember Kevin told me about it like a while ago, but I hadn't really gotten around to listening to him until the concept of playing with Charlie came up, and I was like, I should check out check out this band. And it's like real catchy, man. But it also has like, you know, like some some, you know, oomph, oomph to it, you know. Which is a problem I have with a lot of shit. Like, I'm just not impressed by a lot of stuff. Yeah. I want to be. I love new music. I, I that's why I like new fucking Metallica records because I love music. You know, like I, I'm obsessed. I have a problem. Have you heard? Uh, um, that Necrophobic record, the new one. The new one? No, I haven't heard it. Yeah, unfortunately like that guy's that. in jail. But like, that record is like their best record, really. The last one I, I think the last one I came out was called Death to All, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's I the, think that's the one before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got the new one yet. It's a good. That's solid. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, but they're vocalists, but they bounced them too, right? Yeah, they're, he's yeah. he's gone. So you know. That's not news, but it's on their website or yeah. Facebook page or whatever. But yeah, they're moving on with another guy. You know, I fucking join the band. <laughs> Should have done that <laughs> shit, man. Show up there and just be like, oh. just go show up in fucking Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't even have a bag. Just fucking like, show up. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good album. And uh, are you familiar with the Rancy Pazuzu? You always tell me about them. Dude. I've still never heard them. I always think it's Enrico Palazzo, who's the fucking <laughs> the opera singer from Naked Gun. That uh, that record, they have a record that came out this last year. And that's when he's the ump after that, and the guy in the crowd's like, "Look, it's Enrico Palazzo," and he's the ump. <laughs> that's it, worth checking out. That Portal, the new Portal. I mean, Portal's fucking insane. So video of theirs, it's really good, dude. It's fucked up video. It's very good. Yeah, they're 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 a very unique band, man. I think you know. So anyway, that's awesome, man. Uh, you know, fucking let's get let's get uh get this year over with, man, and fucking move on. You know, I think a lot of a lot of cool shits going on in the future for us. So uh, once again, when's that new album coming out? I believe late spring 2014. Cool. New tunes be coming out on coming out around the same time. So uh, you know, everyone keep keep their eye out for that. And once again, New York, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, if you want to buy a, an all hemp ghee or uh, or like a a bag to put your fucking boxing gloves in, go check out Dots of Sara. If you want to buy like a steel mace and like a you know a bulletproof vest and some supplements, check out Onnit Labs. Have a good night. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let it out some of that shit at the end.
<laughs> she has that look about her. 